Hello and welcome to B2B Revenue Leaders. I'm your host, Dustin Tizik. This podcast is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero creates customer video content to help you close trust gaps and close more deals faster. On this episode, I'm joined by Evan Patterson, who is the founder and CEO of Evan Patterson Consulting. We talk about why most SDRs fail as AEs, how marketing might be a better path for the majority of SDRs, and why some SDRs are better suited to social selling than others. Hey, Evan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to talk about like both of us have a sales slash marketing slash bunch of things back where it's all kind of came together. But we're going to talk a little bit about SDRs, where they live, what they do, what it actually is. And you made a point that I thought was interesting is most SDRs fail as AEs, but pretty much universally succeed as marketers. So let's talk about that a bit. Like, why is that the case, do you think? I think a lot of people think the reason is like poor enablement, poor support and leadership in sales, which... I'm not going to pretend that that doesn't have an impact on the stats. However, I think that, you know, we've been saying that for as long as I've been on the planet, which is about as long as the SDR role has been a common position, at least in B2B tech. And I would think if that was a true statement, wouldn't we have lowered that rate by now? It's only gotten higher in my lifetime. So what I've noticed is like once I started realizing this and then noticing my own lived experience as a person who was an SDR and then a marketer and then watching other SDRs and BBRs become marketers. And I'm like, I can't find any data. I haven't spent time looking at Forrest or Gartner or whoever else does reports on these things. But I would bet money that SDRs are better suited to be marketers because I've yet to hear of one that has failed as a marketer. I have yet to hear that story with zero enablement. Just It's just because it's, I don't know, a lot of things in marketing are you just, you, you get it or you don't. Yeah. It's quite literally that forward. You just get the skills to execute on what you get or don't get. So that's, the that's I guess, like my biggest concern. It's like, why are we spending all this money trying to make SDRs better AEs when it's just like I told you before we went live. It's hiring a cook and wondering why table three is getting bad service in your restaurant. You, you, you hired a cook and not a server. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the funny thing, though, too, is if you ask SDRs why they want to be an AE, they probably don't know either. Like the response you're going to get is, because that's what SDRs do, or it, it makes me more money. It's not actually, you know, I'm looking forward to doing this XYZ from the job. So that's, yeah. I've had that conversation with SDRs actually and ended up moving them into content marketing or even like CS and a lot of them CS. away from sales and they've I've done seen well. I've go to product because who better to have yeah. feedback on what is a good product than the person on the front lines? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I think... You know, that, that's one thing just to draw visibility to. If you're an SDR who is listening, you don't have to be an AE. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be your path. If you want to, cool, go for it. But there's options out there. Yeah. And also like, don't let the OTE of an AE role. Cause like, I think that's the scary thing. Like, well, if I don't get the AE role, I won't get the highest paycheck. Cause all the roles you just mentioned typically make less money when you yeah. look at the OTEs, right? The OTE is typically a lie. <laughs> like <laughs> most AEs don't hit their OTEs, even if yeah. it's not even a lie. It's just statistically a fact. Most AEs don't hit their OTEs. So therefore, don't believe that OTE. I'm a marketer that, yeah, my OTEs and salaries that I've had in my career have been lower than any AE job listing I've seen. But I've made more money than most AEs because I actually get the money that's on the JD. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I saw it's like 38% of AEs or some random number like that, very, very low, actually make quota lately as well. So there's, there's, yeah, you're probably missing out on the OTE component. Also, the churn being an AE and just the stress is not for everyone. 
Like that's part of the reason I got out of sales was just, I mean, now I have a quota because <laughs> sales of marketing as well, but it's, it's a little different when you're like low on the rung, new AE thinking, oh shit, I have to hit this number or my job's done. I don't have time to ramp. Like not everyone is built for that really and wants to do that. Yeah. And you also don't have to worry about losing the people facing part. That's another reason I hear some SDRs yeah. get worried about like not being AE. I speak to as many people as an IE does on a day-to-day -day basis. It's because I, I, I have the, the amount of collaboration. I am a content and community marketer. I'm not a demand gen marketer. So I have to meet yeah. with demand gen people, paid ad specialists, email marketers, um, graphics designers. I have a lot of channel partnerships. So I got to meet with other people with my job title at another company, right? So you get the same amount of interaction. You get the same amount of people. So if, if you're worried about losing that, you're not going to lose that. You'll, you'll get it. It just won't feel as maybe you have a better word, but like urgent, it won't feel as yeah. panic. There's not a quota hovering over every Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the little rain cloud that you're worrying about over your head would go away. And I think, you know, good SDRs now, a lot of them are kind of sort of doing community marketing anyways on a smaller yeah. scale. Like I bought from companies where the SDR just posted a bunch of like, what, what does this person actually do? And then I look it up and think, oh, they yeah. do X and I would just DM them and hop on a call. Like they didn't have to hunt me. They just got to meeting because they were a good community marketer as an SDR, essentially. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I did back when I was a BDR before we really started talking about community marketing more. It's like four yeah. years ago. And I only did social. And I have remembered kind of feeling bad when people would ask, like, what's the secret to like doing well at this? And the real answers are typically a combination of like creating content that people like whether it's entertaining, relatable, or educational, I think people forget that like creating value doesn't mean it has to create like business value. Yeah. Value is in the eyes of the beholder, the same way the artist. So I am known for making some pretty, I would say, un atypical for LinkedIn content. And so therefore I'm like, well, it's going to stand out. And anybody who cares about these things will probably give me the time of day talk about anything even if i never brought it up in this post so i've even learned that like you don't even have to make content that's relevant to what you do for a living or your company to be good yeah. at this you just have to be likable it's quite literally yeah. that simple so i tell people like yeah like yeah the reason i'm good at this is because i'm funny i'm likable and it like that's simply like the biggest number one ingredient a lot of aes hide behind cold like cold calls and emails and so do sdrs i'm like yeah, but where, where, where can I get a sense of who you are as a human being? Because people buy from people that they ultimately like over a stranger. So my goal was just to make as many friends as humanly possible to then warm up my own outbound. And then the second thing was work at companies that have overlapping ICPs but aren't competitors. So you can book a meeting with somebody at company A. Go to company B, book another meeting with that same person. Yeah. Go to company three, you know, same thing, rinse, wash, repeat. They'd be like, well, how'd you, how, do you, how do you ramp so quickly? Because... I booked the first in two companies before here already. Yeah. And now they just <laughs> take any demo I tell them to take. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> it, that's a trust thing too, right? Like they, the way I look at it too, and like the SDR story I mentioned where, you know, I saw them post content. I viewed them as a person, not a sales robot trying to get me to buy some shit. It's kind yeah. of honestly the way I looked at it. So I trust them. I would have a conversation. Whereas if it's someone slides in my DMs, I'm going to increase your random KPI by 4x, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, no, you're a salesperson. I'm not not talking to you. Yeah. It also depends 
I, I think some companies need to also embrace the fact that your SDRs should not be booking meetings with just decision makers. They should be booking meetings with yeah. champions and influencers. So if that means you have to change the pay structure or how you do forecasting, that's fine. I get that. I understand that. That's a different podcast to talk about. Yeah. But I do think that you'll do the, the social selling play yields faster ROI when you let the SDR book with the wife of the decision maker or the husband of the decision maker, the janitor who gets lunch with the CEO. I don't care what their title is, as long as the SDR can put in the notes some reason why this person is valuable to closing this deal, mm -hmm. like then do that. Trust your SDRs to have the business acumen or enable them to have that business savviness to be able to connect the dots between people in not just that org, but that company's life, like their network, their Rolodex. When I was SDR, my number one job was like, how do I come up with channel partnerships that just have me, not my yeah. company? So I don't have the prospect. I just wake up and here's three inbound lead from some referral partner that I've created my own contract with, in addition to not in lieu of my job. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all basically what it's come down to, like you said, being like, well, building connections, actually being a real human that people can relate to. And I think sales leaders in particular, depending on the personality type, can sometimes discount that a little bit too much. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, but you're not following this process. You're not doing like, you're not banting them immediately. <laughs> yeah, ex you're writing your own stuff. What is going on here? Um, so uh, did you struggle with that at all? Or was it just a matter of like finding the right company who gets it? I did struggle with like the companies that didn't get it. What would happen is the ones that didn't get it, two, there's, one, there's two options. I would inevitably just quit because of the friction. And yeah. I just didn't want to deal with it. Because it's usually, I, in my experience, the companies that didn't get it, they didn't get a lot of other things either. It, mm -hmm. it, it was indicative of who they were. It was that phrase, how you do anything tells me how you do everything. Yeah. If you, if this was considered radical, okay, imagine what else they considered radical. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for the other companies, there were some that didn't get it just because it was foreign to them mm -hmm. and they were worried about it not being profitable. So I'm not advising this. This was an extremely risky move, but there were times where I literally just completely disobeyed everything I was told to do and just did what I knew was going to work anyways. Shut yeah. up to my one-on-one and they go, so show me your cold call and email stats. And they would literally be zero and zero. And they go, excuse me? I'm like, yeah, but I also beat quota by this much. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> that, that works if you can deliver. Maybe, maybe risky if you can't, but... Yeah. So, so what happens at that point is like, you better have the savings account to be ready to get fired in the spots. So I tell people because yeah. a logical business would go, can you teach us how to do that? <laughs> yeah. But you're also assuming everyone's logical. You know, I may be considered a bit cynical, but like we're talking about those paychecks here. So I'm not here to sugarcoat anything with the truth. Like, yep. be prepared that they might still, no matter how, they don't expect common sense from people. They, they still might go, well, you didn't do what I told you to do, even though I know what I'm telling you to do is inferior to what you're telling me you should do. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, well, there's still SDR orgs who just look at activity metrics, right? Like, did you email this many people? Did you call this many people? Which <laughs> kind of just pisses off their customers if they're, they're going crazy with that. But I, I do want to get your thoughts on, you know, you were taking a different approach there. There is the traditional or more traditional SDR of like cold calling, email, et cetera. Like in, in your view, like say you had a company, you were starting up, you know, building out an SDR org, would you have both roles? Like, are those complementary pieces where you'd have someone doing the traditional SDR stuff and someone kind of like a community SDR? Or, yeah. 
Yeah, I do think there's still a time and a place for traditional SDR work. My, I don't want people to think that this is me saying, I think it's a bad idea. Well, I think yeah. it's a bad idea when it's copy and paste. I think it's a bad idea that this is the one way to approach the role. It doesn't help that it, it only until like the last few months, I'm seeing like the, a new job titles to help delineate between the thought process and the ideologies. So like I'm seeing more companies put community development representative in in lieu of what I used to say, social selling BDR or SDR, right? They've they've given them a name now, yeah. you know? So I think you should really play your aces. I, I worked with another SDR at a company where I was social selling only, where they loved, that was why they hired me was because I was good at social selling. But he was also great at email prospecting. And mm -hmm. like we were talking before we went live, his, his stats went up dramatically not be not because of anything that he did differently, but just because we just married it with what I was doing. And then what I've noticed now also is another thing that we did well was we looked at the demographics of who we booked meetings with. Like, what about Evan? What about Luke? That was his name. Like, what what about us was like inherently individualized that also has an impact on this? Hmm. And Luke had a background in music. So Luke uh, in writing songs. So he was really good with a way of words. So every time he booked a, a meeting, we noticed that there was a pattern in age and gender and states where people lived that resonated more with what he had to say. He was very much a garage band artist on the side in the Northeast in, yeah. in New England. So a lot of people who grew up with punk rock music, for some reason, well, we could tell based on like, I would go look at their socials and like, oh, they like all the same bands that he likes, noticing a pattern. And yeah. then like, I did extremely well with like women, people of color and queer people. Because of the fact that, like, I advertise so much about that part of my life on the internet that I automatically had like a leg up in trustworthiness with these mm -hmm. people. So I would really encourage sales leaders to look at their SDRs and work with them to figure out, like, what about you is marketable? Like, why, like, the non tangibles about this person? I know a lot of, like, we hire SDRs that are bilingual because they can speak another language to get an audience that the rest of the SDRs can't get. Yeah. Well, like when I was an insurance agent before working in tech, my straight male boss put ads of me in gay magazines in the gay neighborhoods near our hometown because he knew that gay men were more likely to buy from other gay men. Mm -hmm. That's not an opinion. It's a fact. Right. If given the choice. Right. Play those cards ethically. There's a difference between a diversity quota and leveraging yeah. diversity. Yeah. No, I mean, it all comes down to relatability there, really. Like, yeah. is this person like me in any way? Do I understand them? Like, can I relate and trust them? And I think across sales and marketing, like I rant about this a lot on the podcast, maybe, but I think trust is 90% of the battle. Like, oh yeah, no one trusts us by default as marketers and sellers. Like I'm a marketer and seller. I don't trust other people. Like, and maybe I'm cynical too, but I think that's a big part of it. And I want to, you know, transition a little bit. You mentioned... SDR is going into marketing, doing really well there because the complementary skill sets, that makes a ton of sense. So should SDRs actually live on marketing to make that transition easier? Because sometimes their sales and marketing buddy heads hating each other and they're never going to cross over. I think one of the fastest ways you can bridge the gap and create stronger alignment between marketing and sales is to put the SDR and BDR function underneath marketing if you yeah. have the bandwidth. Because marketing is also, in my personal opinion, the first one to, to lose bandwidth. Because there's only so much that can be automated, right, in marketing. There's a yeah. lot in sales that can be automated. A lot of a marketer's day is spent justifying what they're doing and not actually doing the damn thing. Yeah, I've right? been there. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Or like it's it's either it's it wasn't from like most time suck to least time suck. Think justifying what you're doing, thinking about what you're doing, and then like a slither is Actually doing. doing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so salespeople are like, I don't understand that logic, which is fine. You're not supposed to. That's not your job. But like, so my, so I don't want to say yes, put them under marketing because you know every VP in marketing is going to rip their hair out going, yeah. when do I find the time to do this? Yeah. So I understand beggars can't be choosers, but if you have the option to do so, do so. If they're worried about like what budget things should come out of, that's a different person to ask about the budget constraints when it comes to the tech. <laughs> but marketers have a lot to learn from the data that SDRs get and BDRs get from the tools that, that a traditionally an SDR or BDR uses, like outreach, sales loft, outplay, yeah. list goes on, right? So while the marketers may not be using that for mark traditional marketing reasons, they're probably going to use like an Apollo or a HubSpot for those kind of campaigns. There's still insights from that that are that you can gain, but there's also insights that you have that you can put into there. And what better way yeah. to know where the opportunities lie when you have access to all the rocks to turn over and look under. So the AEs aren't, they don't care about you're doing a HubSpot or MailChimp yeah. or Sprout Social. They don't care. They don't understand it either, which is fine. They're not supposed to. But because there, there's a whole degree removed from you, that SDR sits yeah. between the two of you. So make the SDRs closer to the marketing team because they ease, will benefit from the trickle-down effect in the funnel. Yeah, it's, it's a good point about, you know, turning over the rocks and also kind of going the other way as well. Like anytime I've developed new positioning, new messaging at a company, the first place I go to test this is, can our SDRs test this in outbound? Like when they post yeah. on social, can the AEs mention this during a call? Does it resonate? Because otherwise it's me and four marketers in a room thinking we're super smart and we don't, we don't know, like we don't know if people are actually going to react to it. Yeah. It's because in a marketing world, you, you get like, un, we're talking about email marketing specifically, right? You're going to get like yeah. unsubscribes and deliverability yeah. opens and replies. Yeah. You're not getting the, that human level of like, why are they doing that? SDRs are getting that nuance. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. I agree, right? So I think that that's just more reason to put SDRs under marketing because it's like, what better way to test our email sequence than with a human being with a name yeah. slapped attached to it that can go, not only is the reply rate this, this is what people are saying and why. And yeah. when I called them to talk about this, here's the additional color commentary that you wouldn't have gotten if you did some MailChimp, you know? Yeah. And then that will inform your campaign you do with MailChimp <laughs> or whatever exactly. other tool you're using, not sponsored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not paying them anything for this. I feel so paranoid as somebody who's had brain deals now. Like I don't want to get like an FTC strike or whatever the heck the acronym is. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Cool. And then we talked about, you know, everyone talks about SDRs as like this transition role, kind of. Like I'm gonna be an SDR for a year, two years, and then I'm gonna be an AE or go into product marketing or whatever. I I do wonder, and I'm curious your thoughts here. Is there a place for SDRs to just say yes, stay SDRs and get really damn good at it? Because it I seems like they be. don't. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where the camp I'm in as well, right? Like if you're good at it, just keep doing it. You don't have to manage people; yeah. just be really good. Top of funnel sales, because there's because there's I always say I'm a top funnel professional, but when I talk about that, I mean like in the company's funnel. Yeah, top of funnel sales is just that part of the funnel that's related to sales, not including marketing, right? So I think like there's opportunity for people to specialize in that. And we're starting to see more like VPs of sales development, right? We're seeing more of that. So what I would like for them to do is to create more senior level roles, more specialized roles, the way that we have for AEs. 
yet. Also, bring that pay up to match the AEs. I have yet to, and I've been provided, I could probably guess at least 100 people have probably given me, like, reasons why SDRs don't get paid as much as AEs. And I've yet to see one that is justifiable in any potential context and perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I've yet to see a reason. So if you think you're going to be the 101 person that actually has a good reason, slide into my DMs. I, I would, <laughs> I'll bet that you're going to fail miserably, yeah. but good luck. Yeah. But I do think it's going to have to be where you create more growth um, trajectory, more money to, to, to back yeah. that up. And third, create some entry-level AE roles so you can stop using your sales dev team as your in-talent pipeline for, like, where you, you dangle this carrot of a promotion when in reality, it's just like, well, when this AE gets fired or quit, we got backfill. And it's cheaper yeah. than recruiting and panicking to backfill. Which, by the way, we all know that was the real reason the SDR role was invented. <laughs> yep, 100%. And... I think they know that as well. Like a lot of it's them, the will reverse just the... call interview, right? <laughs> no, exactly. I, I do think the pay thing is super important. All of that. I also think doing traditional SDR, like high volume SDR work sucks. Like it's draining and exhausting to do a hundred cold calls every single day. And you're like on a robo dialer. That's probably part of the reason people burn out and leave too, is just doing that sucks so maybe give people a bit more creativity or room for creativity they might yeah i can job name like two people that thrive in that environment they exist yeah. but they're they're an, they're an anomaly <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean even when you hire someone like being an sdr is just a hard job like probably harder than being an ae probably harder than being in a lot of marketing roles so i think Oh yeah, my life has improved ten times from <laughs> the not being SDR anymore. I like the, yeah. like why do you support SDR so much? My, I I pity them. I don't. <laughs> I feel bad for them. Yeah, but I mean the fact that like if you can go through that and survive it and do it well, you probably want to keep that person in your company, right? Like oh, there's, yeah. there's something about them. Yeah, there's a level of tenacity and grit that you have to have to not suck in that job like it's better to <laughs> not even to do well just to not suck like yeah it's a really hard job to just do the minimum of it's a very difficult job especially yeah. if you work at oil state startups because you're literally just throwing darts in the dark and hoping something hits you know yeah it's so you're going in so blind and that's most of my sj experience was back when like we're still trying to figure out the product market fit so not only do you have this quota, you have no idea how to get there and no one else does either. Yeah. You have no marketing <laughs> to back you up. No one knows what the hell you your just know you better is. generate this much pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea with who? <laughs> All you know is that like you have an idea of like if common sense is a thing, like you know who not to go after. Like yeah. you, you have no idea who though. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I think, you know, in, in summary here respect your sdrs like it's, it's a hard job yeah show them respect and you know open the door potentially to put them into marketing product content community there's so many different avenues um, oh yeah so evan we covered a whole bunch of topics there i know you talked about this in a whole lot more on linkedin on your yeah. other podcast so where can people go to reach out learn more yeah follow me on linkedin that's where most of my content lives also across the pond and over the rainbow for those who don't get the pun in that name i am a very openly gay man and my business partner asha earlier and co-host of across the pond and over the rainbow 
is an American living in Europe. Get the pun now, y'all. All right. So it is a marketing podcast and sales podcast that is general career advice, sales advice, marketing advice, and just life advice and things that we've just picked up and learned along the way as a millennial and a zillennial in a world that's clearly not built for people like us. It's a very easy listening podcast. So you just like put on the background. You know, you don't have to like actively pay attention. It is complete chaos. You, you see me turn purple from laughing too much and hyperventilating on a regular basis and saying things that I do not know why LinkedIn has not banned me yet for saying. <laughs> so yeah, come check us out every, when, when do we do this? I forgot. Yeah, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. I've been doing the show for a year now and I still don't know when we do it. <laughs> awesome. So I'll check that one out. Good background podcasts are kind of my thing because I have podcasts on when I cook, but I'm half paying attention, half trying not to burn my food. So it sounds yeah. like a good one for that, right? Like have it yeah, on being Yeah, there's a time and a place for a podcast that like, this is a podcast that I tell people, please listen to this one, like with attention. Across the yeah. pond with Rainbow, if you're, if you're sitting down with the intention of listening to us for an Take hour, an <laughs> I really recommend you should call your therapist and go, look at the shit I watch. Am I okay? <laughs> yeah. There we go. I finally got a swear word out of you. We were talking before about, you know, the E for explicit versus never. And I got one right at the end. Like I actually try to tone it down because right after this, I have a call where I have to be very professional. So I'm yeah. to well, work myself down. Yeah, you got some of it out here. So we're all good. But Evan, thanks so much. That was a fun one. Really enjoyed it. Great podcast for Friday. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode. My key takeaway is just how broken the SDR to AE path is really. I mean, most SDRs, a lot of them even ask about the promotion path and timeline in early interviews or shortly after they start. And I get it, it's entry level, you know, they're ambitious, it's a hard job, they wanna move up, but it should we have this predefined path when they're just figuring out what they wanna do? I mean, one of the solutions here, and I don't have the answer, but giving them more options, you know, product marketing, content marketing, different areas, and then seeing where they might fit. Otherwise, you get this revolving door of SDRs who think they want to be AEs and just don't pan out. So if you enjoyed this episode, hit follow or give us a quick review. I always appreciate it. Either way, talk to you next week.